The Buccaneers lose an ugly one to the Atlanta Falcons, but that doesn't matter. What does matter is that the Bucs are going to host the Cowboys next weekend in the wild card round. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, flying solo. But of course, you can check out my co-host, David Harrison, what he's doing over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com and follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison 82. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. So the Buccaneers lose to Atlanta. Okay, but they're going to host the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round next weekend. Now, we have to talk about the game. We do. The a, a game was played, kind of, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Atlanta Falcons. Let's talk about it, and then let's move on. All right, let's we we here in the YouTube live chat live stream. We are the Buccaneers starters. We're going to get this thing going, and then psh, we're out of here. We're moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. So first impressions, Brady looked good against the Atlanta Falcons. He usually does. He he left the game when it was tied at 10 to 10, finished 13 for 17 for 84 yards and a touchdown. Mind you, those 84 yards that he had in less than two quarters were more than what Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask combined to do. I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask were awful. Just absolutely terrible. Now, Blaine Gabbard had the touchdown pass to Russell Gage. That was cool, except for the whole Russell Gage, like, grabbing his lower back. I can sympathize. I threw my back out on Friday. I've been in a lot of pain for the last couple of days. But he's, like, writhing in pain after scoring the touchdown, walked off the field very gingerly, looked like he could have come back in the game if he needed to. Best to go ahead and keep him out. But outside of Blaine Gabbert getting the ball on the Atlanta 22 and throwing a touchdown to Russell Gage, he looked awful. Kyle Trask probably should have gotten a little bit more playing time, but the playing time that he did get, not good. Not good at all. So we got a glimpse into the alternate universe of what would have happened if Brady stayed retired. Because if you all remember, Bruce Arians was like, yeah, we're just going to roll with Blaine Gabbard as our quarterback this year. That would have gone so, so bad. Like we're talking top five pick level bad. Uh, Chris Godwin, he finishes with six catches on seven targets, three shy of the franchise record for receptions in a season. You couldn't have let him get a couple more targets. It's only neat. like Godwin came out a full possession before Brady did. You couldn't have left Godwin in for that that last possession to let him get three targets and then get out of there. I mean, he pretty much catches everything thrown his way. 
However, last two weeks, Chris Godwin has fumbled the ball. He's been the victim of the peanut punch made famous by Chicago Bear Peanut Tillman. Is it a problem? I mean, you guys in the chat, do you think Chris Godwin has a fumbling problem right now? Personally, I don't. I think he was a victim of circumstance two weeks in a row. Up until that point, he had lost three fumbles in his career. You saw him, for those of you that watched the broadcast, you saw him working with Julio Jones on the sideline on ways to protect the ball. You saw him working with Leonard Fournette on ways to protect the ball. This is a recent issue. I don't foresee it being a reoccurring problem week after week after week. Um, I think it's just kind of bad luck that it happened two weeks in a row. Um, a lot of people in the chat talking about the potential day and time of the Cowboys matchup. We will talk about in a little bit. My buddy David in the chat, fluky fumbles, nothing to worry about in my opinion. I agree, David. You're my boy, Blue. Uh, the, the defensive reserves were atrocious. Atlanta had five second-half possessions. They scored on their first four, and then the fifth one ended the game. They went for it on fourth and 12 with less than a minute to go, ran the ball, and got it. The Bucs were outscored 20 to nothing in the second half. And I saw people on Twitter saying, why is Antoine Winfield Jr. still playing? Why is Joe Tryon Shoyinka still playing? Why are there still starters in? Well, because this wasn't a preseason roster, everybody. They didn't have 90 guys on the sideline where they could pull everybody. They were already short at safety to begin with. They had Mike Edwards and, and Logan Ryan out. Uh, or am I, I'm sorry, it was it was Keanu Neal that was out. Uh, Logan Ryan left the game. It was basically Antoine. Like that was that was it. That was all they had left. You know, Sean Murphy bunting. He was out there, but so was Zion McCollum, who continues to just struggle. I, I want the best for that young man. He's he's a very, very kind individual. Uh, I know he has the physical ability and the athleticism to get the job done. I think right now it, it's a mental issue trying to understand his assignments. We saw a lot of confusion in the second half amongst the secondary guys pointing all over the place, areas of the field left completely uncovered, wide receivers being left completely you know, uncovered in the end zone. A lot of miscommunication going there. Todd Bowles runs a very, very complex defense. And so a lot of these guys are still trying to learn. It's hard to learn when you're, when you're not getting the opportunity, but you're not going to get the opportunity when you're not playing well. It's a, it's a catch-22. So uh, over in the chat, yep, Carlton Davis was out too. He he should be back. We will talk about that um, You know, coming up in a little bit. We got Dritz, 924. They looked horrendous today. Not going to look any better next week. Hold that thought, Dritz. Just calm down with the negativity. This is a positive space. We are happy people. This might be the happiest I've ever been after a loss because it didn't matter. And I don't think they are going to look that bad next week. Um, let's see. Who else do we have in the chat? We have, I just saw somebody. Uh, adventure is out there. I watched the replay. He had two hands on the ball. It was just a good punch. Absolutely. He did have the two hands on it, but he still left a little bit of space. And that little bit of space was all, I don't even remember what defender was. That was all he needed to get that punch in. 
And then his very next reception, if you go back and, and take a look at that one, Chris Godwin catches the ball, turns up field, and he braces for contact, and he, he tucks the ball and then does exactly what Julio told him to do. He holds his arm with his other hand and really squeezes that ball in there. Uh, they they tried to peanut punch him again, and it uh, it didn't work at all. So we are, you know, again, this game didn't matter. Yeah, it, it's whatever. But the Buccaneers are hosting the Dallas Cowboys next week. And we talk about that matchup coming up in just a moment. But first, winter mornings are brutal. So here's my tip for tackling the day in comfort. Grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. When you start the year in Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better tommy john loungewear pajamas and underwear have dozens of comfort innovations like luxuriously soft tri-blend and micro modal fabrics and four-way stretch no lint balls or fuzz with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews people love tommy john that's why tommy john doesn't have customers they have fanatics like this tommy john fanatic who said quote i bought one pair of loungewear and after wearing them for two days got all the other colors available. The only place I don't wear them is in the shower. Get 20% off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. 20% off right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Now, I've told you guys on this episode that I saw a therapist when I was younger and was facing a very, very terrifying situation, and sometimes that outside voice that doesn't just want to tell you what you want to hear, but can really take a look from another perspective to help you get a better insight as to what you can do to really get yourself out of a funk is really the best thing for you. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching, for the right therapist. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, regular season's in the rearview mirror. It's done. It's over. It is playoff time in Tampa Bay. Yes, the Bucks went 8-9 and and won the division, arguably the worst one in the NFL, with a losing record. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys were in the running for the number one seed until David's other team, the Washington Commanders, spoiled their chances, and smacked them up and down the field with Sam Howell in his first career start. 
Yes, these two teams are meeting for the third time in two years. But none of that, again, matters. Eight and nine doesn't matter. The strength of the NFC South doesn't matter. The Dallas Cowboys contending for the first seed doesn't matter because the season resets now. Everyone is zero and zero. And the Buccaneers could end up being an incredibly dangerous team to meet up with in the playoffs. I know what y'all are thinking. You're probably saying it in the chat. But James, they have only scored more than 20 points like three times this year. They, they lost nine games. They lost to the entire AFC North. They lost in overtime to the Cleveland Browns. They blew a lead to the Bengals. They lost to Kenny Pickettsburg and P.J. Walker. Why on earth would they be a dangerous team to meet? I'm going to tell you why. It's my job. That's why I'm here. Take a look at the players that should be returning next week against the Dallas Cowboys. Mike Evans who missed the game with an illness, Julio Jones, Vita Vea, Donovan Smith, Mike Edwards, Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, Carlton Davis, Russell Gage, all back. You know who might return? Ryan Jensen. And I am going to beat this dead horse until we see him on the field because Ryan Jensen changes the entire landscape of the offense. We don't know how serious Robert Hainsey's injury is, but if he's ready to go, it will not surprise me in the least if he is the starting left guard against the Dallas Cowboys. To give some support to Donovan Smith, who got worked in that first game by Micah Parsons. Now, granted, Micah Parsons works everybody. Works everybody. He's one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. But you want to reinforce that line with as much as you can. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see Kyle Rudolph be the fourth active tight end and take the majority of snaps lining up next to Donovan Smith to give an extra blocker there to help on Micah Parsons. Just chip him. Just buy Brady a half of a second more time. But putting Ryan Jensen in the middle of that offensive line opens up those running lanes for Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, who we didn't see much of on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. It buys Brady an extra at least half second to sit in the pocket, which allows routes to develop, which allows receivers to get open, which allows Brady to not feel rushed in his passes and makes the offense more efficient. The Buccaneers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-3 to in week one. And they did that with a really bad offensive line. If you go back, Luke Gedeke started at guard in that game. And the Buccaneers still managed to run for over 150 yards. That was back when we all thought the Buccaneers were going to have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL because they absolutely dominated the ground game against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. So you take a look at why. Why did the Buccaneers rush for so many yards and then struggle against other teams? It's because Dallas has one of the most aggressive pass rushes in the NFL. It's the reason their defense is so good is because their pass rush is so good. They get to the quarterback, they collapse the pocket, and they put pressure on. Running the ball on delay handoffs, draw plays, that counteracts 
an overly aggressive pass rush because the Cowboys are cocky. They are a very, very arrogant team, and they think their pass rush is going to get home every play. So how do you counter that? You let that pass rush start to come, hand the ball to Fournette, hand the ball to Rashad White. All of a sudden, you have about 8 to 10 yards of green grass to hit very quickly and move the ball. Keep the chains moving. Eventually, you're going to find the end zone. The Cowboys only rushed for 71 yards in that game. They were kept out of the end zone the whole time. And you take a look at two of the big reasons why, Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks. The Buccaneers are 5-1 and one when Hicks and Vea line up next to each other for more than 50% of the snaps. Guess who's going to be on the field on Sunday? Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks. Todd Bowles even said, that Donovan Smith and Vita Vea could have played against Atlanta, but they decided to give them an extra week to rest their injuries, try to heal up, and get ready for the game that truly matters. You got Carlton Davis coming back, and he has the opportunity to lock up CeeDee Lamb, just like he did to Jamar Chase, just like he did to DeAndre Hopkins, just like he did to CeeDee Lamb in week one. Lamb finished that game with two catches for 29 yards. He was Dallas's third leading receiver behind Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. Yet somehow the Buccaneers are going into this as three-point home underdogs. Early line, but still, three-point home underdogs. You mean to tell me that a defense that is going to get these pieces back, that an offense that is looking to get back their all-pro center for the first time this year, which is going to be a massive emotional lift for that locker room and the team that has the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, the most successful playoff quarterback of all time, lining up under that center, and they're going to be three-point underdogs. The chip on Tampa Bay's shoulder just got about this big. It's huge. Tom Brady has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, what is he? What is he? Because if, if the Cowboys play the way they did next week, like they did against the Washington Commanders, the Bucs are running away with this one. Going to jump over to the chat real quick before we move on. We got some people saying, you know, I hope it's the Sunday night game. We got uh, Tyler in the chat saying that. We got Francisco. I hope it's not the Monday night game. It feels like it would be a disadvantage in some way. And we got Tyler. Uh, Ray J better be rocking. And look, Tyler, I'm glad you said that in the chat. And, and everybody, I apologize. It's hard for me to scroll all the way up and see all of the things that I missed while I was talking. But Tyler, thank you for opening the door because this is what I wanted to say before we moved on. To all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, those season tickets were sold out. Those season tickets for Raymond James Stadium this year came with a two-year commitment like they're a cell phone company. Yeah, we're going to give you your season tickets this year, but you better sign up for next year too or you're not getting them. Buccaneers fans cannot allow the Dallas Cowboy fan base, which is the largest in the nation. It travels the best. They're freaking everywhere. You cannot allow the Dallas Cowboy fans to overrun Ray J and make it feel like a home game for them. 
Ray J has to be loud. It has to be red. It has to be pewter. And you have to take advantage of the home field that you are getting, even with the lesser record. The Dallas Cowboys could have had home field throughout the playoffs. It was it was a chance for them. There was an opportunity. You can't force them to go on the road and end up surrounded by a sea of blue. So, Bucks fans, I'm begging you. If you have tickets to this game, do not sell them to Cowboys fans. Do not sell them at all. If you can't make it to the game, find a Bucks fan to take your ticket. Do something. Do not let Cowboys fans turn Ray J into an advantage for themselves. What are some ways that the Buccaneers can surprise the Cowboys next week? I break that down for you coming up in just a moment. But first, I'm really excited about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You are responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of a season, all of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go, play as you want to, and when you want to. Locked on Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On, all one word, all caps, in the game store. That's Locked On, all caps, all one word, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate fantasy, I'm sorry, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Wrapping things up here on a live edition of Locked on Bucks podcast, a a start of the playoff primer here. David is going to have plenty to say when he returns to the show tomorrow, but let's talk a moment about the possibilities of when or, or, you know, what day, I guess, the Buccaneers and Cowboys could be playing this game. I, I went on record. I can't remember if it was on this show. I know I said it a lot in a lot of different places. The Monday night playoff game is arguably one of the worst ideas the NFL has had in the last decade. Anybody that plays on Monday night, whoever wins is already at a disadvantage already because they will be facing a team that either played on Saturday and will get, you know, eight days between games or somebody that played on Sunday and they'll be getting seven days in between games. Whoever plays Monday at, at best gets six days in between games. So it's already a competitive disadvantage right out of the gate. I really, really hope the Buccaneers are not placed in that situation. I feel bad for whatever teams are placed in that situation, but I really hope that the Bucs aren't. 
Problem is, they're playing the stupid Cowboys. And we all know that the NFL has to put the Cowboys in front of as many eyeballs as humanly possible. What's the best way to do that? Don't put the Cowboys on TV on the weekend when people have other plans. You put them on on Monday night. When people are home, it's after work, they want to kick back, and they'll throw on a playoff game. If I were a betting man, I would say that the Bucks and Cowboys end up being the Monday night game. As much as that stinks, that's the feeling that I get. The other option would be the late Sunday game, which is probably going to garner the most eyeballs outside of Monday night. Either way, the Bucks have every opportunity, every possible avenue to beat the Cowboys. But one that I want to highlight in particular as I bring the comments back up, what the Buccaneers need to do against Dallas is something that we saw a very small sample of against Atlanta. And I know it's going to sound crazy. People in the chat are going to be like, James, you're out of your mind. Knock it off. Stop. It. The Buccaneers have got to utilize Devin Tompkins more on offensive snaps. There's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, as we saw against Atlanta, there's very little tape of Devin Tompkins as far as offensive snaps are concerned. So when he's on the field, you don't really know what he's going to be doing. You don't know if he's going to be running a route. You don't know if he's going to be getting a handoff. You don't know if he's getting a screen. He is incredibly versatile. He played well against the Falcons. He had the end around that went for 17 yards. He had four receptions for 25 yards. Granted, he had, I think it was nine targets, but a lot of those targets were coming from Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask, and they just were not good passes, period. If Brady's throwing him the ball, chances are, He's going to have an opportunity at least to catch it and be able to make a play. And the thing about Devin Tompkins is he is an explosive play waiting to happen. He is the guy that if he can catch a seam and just get a little bit of daylight, he's so elusive and so shifty and so quick that he can turn a little bit of daylight into a 70-yard touchdown. And he can do it like that. One of the things that I talked about going into the Bengals game when I was referring to what the Bengals could do offensively involving Tyler Boyd, who is dealing with a broken finger, was to get him the ball early. Get him you know, first or second pass of the game. Get the ball in Tyler Boyd's hands, forcing the Buccaneers defense to account for his whereabouts on every play because they'll know that Burrow's already looking his way. Do that with Devin Tompkins second play of the first play first down very first offensive snap play action throw a quick slant to Devin Tompkins get the ball in his hands after that the Dallas defense is going to have to account for where he is on the field they're going to have to make sure that they have somebody on him and whether they utilize Tompkins in the passing game from that point forward or not is irrelevant because when the Cowboys have to dedicate people to Devin Tompkins, 
all of a sudden you're creating mismatches for Mike, for Chris, for Julio, for Otten, for Lenny out of the backfield, for Russell Gage, who has come on strong and made some really solid catches and taken some really hard hits over the last couple of weeks. It will create mismatches that the Bucs can exploit all day long. And all of a sudden, if they start to drift away from Devin Tompkins and they go, you know what? They threw him one pass. They're not going to him again. Tompkins is going to find himself wide open and boom. All it takes is a quick pass from Tom Brady and Devin Tompkins can turn that into 20 to 30 yards. All of a sudden, you're right back to it. The Cowboys have to account for them. And now your big time playmakers have mismatches all up and down the field. I absolutely loved what I saw out of Devin Tompkins against Atlanta. And he has to be a bigger part of the game plan against Dallas. If nothing else, just to create opportunities for the other guys on the field. But I, I kid you not, I will not be surprised in the least if Devin Tompkins gets a six yard slant and takes it 50 yards because he's just that quick and that elusive. For those of you that that saw the game against Atlanta, you saw that he was able to wiggle his way out of some tackles, turn very minimal gains into first downs. He looked good. He needs to be part of the plan against the Cowboys to create mismatches. Going to jump over to the chat one more time before we will get out of here. We got Dritz, 924. I thought Tompkins looked good today with a second-string O-line. Nonetheless, clearly used this scrimmage to try to get him and Geo going. Yeah, Geo got a lot of carries. Keyshawn Vaughn got a lot of carries. They weren't going to risk the other guys. Uh, Tyler says the Packers aren't going to beat San Francisco. Apparently, the chat has divulged into, uh, into Packers-Lions talk. And no, the Packers won't beat the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers can't beat the 49ers. It just doesn't happen. Uh, he gets himself all worked up. To, oh, they didn't draft me. And then gets smacked around up and down the field. Um, Pat in the chat says, I think we win, then play Vikings away, then Packers at home for the NFC Championship. It's possible. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll leave things on, on this note. If, if the Bucks take on the Vikings in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson is a problem. Dalvin Cook is a problem. Kirk Cousins is a problem, but he's a problem for Minnesota. And in that environment, the Buccaneers can absolutely come away with a win and find themselves in the NFC Championship against who knows? I mean, maybe San Francisco goes into the playoffs. Jimmy G gets cleared and they say, all right, Garoppolo, you're back in. That could work. Or maybe they stick with Brock Purdy. I don't know. Brock Purdy's played phenomenal football the last couple of weeks. We'll see if, uh, if he gets to keep his job into the postseason. But look, the NFC is wide open. The Philadelphia Eagles are an incredibly talented team, but as Jalen Hurts, at the point in his career where he's ready to get them over the hump, we'll find out. All the focus right now, though, is on the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And one last quick note, this is the first time since 1999 
that all three Florida teams have made the postseason. With that, I am going to get out of here. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL, where you will get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories and in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. David and I will be back tomorrow. Of course, you can send us your emails to Locked On Bucks locked on bucks podcast gmail.com or send us a dm on twitter at locked on bucks you can also find david and myself at jrco underscore bucks and e harrison 82 check out everything i'm doing over at bucksnation.com check out everything david's doing over at bucksgameday.com hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe and stay healthy fire the candles Thank you so much for joining us right here.